nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Legendary Becker. Sometimes I feel like Axel hey. Chop competition like a martial arts master Plays through the streets with the strength of a dragon Whoa. Gotta stop the boss even if we wreak havoc yeah. Video game rap, no not that same trap I'm so retro, retro. I remember retro, those yeah. days staying up Watching my Uncle Jackie play the Nintendo Hey, Becker, we can walk I'm playing Star Fox and I got it for the end Six, four, three cans make it last Won't never sell that, yeah, I promise I will not let go Blow the cartridge Marjorie used to play Battlefront. Tony Hawk Underground 2, how I'm hitting stunts. Do what I say when I press A, you jump. You need bigger, the bars got you in Bioshock. Came back one time, but you died twice. That's the real definition of a half-life. When you speak to me, you only half right. It's early in the morning, but I'm playing for a night. It's the legend of Baker. Will you be so kindly? Rubies on my table. Fairy tale chain on my neck, playing Fable. So many video games, we don't need cable. I'm an angel, but right now the combat evolved. Uh -huh. Mortal Kombat, all no close calls. The gear was special. Hit them with the twisted metal. Sly Cooper, how we came and snuck in the sector. Yeah. Video game rap, no, not that same trap. I'm so retro. retro I remember retro, those yeah. days staying up, watching my uncle Jackie play the Nintendo. Hey, Becker, we can walk. I'm playing Star Fox, and I got it for the N64. Green cast, make yeah. it last. Won't we'll never sell that. Yeah, I promise I will not let go. Blow the cartridge. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Earth Mac, the mad scientist. And it's your boy, Mr. Snap Your Fingers himself, Thanos Rick. What, what's what's up? Is the OP morning show. Glad you guys was able to, to attend to hang out. You know, with your boy. What's going on, Thanos? What's happening? day. Another beautiful day. What about you, man? Uh, yeah, I, I would say this is a beautiful day as well, man. You know, I'm going to meet up with my boy, uh, you know, Josh, you know, Mr. Cuts himself, you know, up, up the street. He's in uh, West Columbia now. He's at uh, GQ. And uh, so he migrated up to West Columbia. So I'm going to go to see him today after the show, you know, get a little cut. You know, got to get got to get the head right. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I know we got a lot to talk about today, Thanos, Rick, man. We, you know, there's a lot of stuff to transpire. Like, for instance, so last night, we had movie night last night. Shout out to everyone to attend that attended movie night. We watched Back to the Future Part 3 and um, uh, very, very uh, much enjoyed movie night with the Geek Corner members. And also, uh, we announced our next two movies for the month of October, and it is Rumble in the Bronx with Jack, Jackie Chan. Ooh classic and uh how's moving castle by studio ghibli so i haven't had the pleasure of watching how's moving castle but i heard great things and i haven't heard anything studio, studio ghibli has made that was a flop like ever so basically roman in the bronx will be first and i will uh very very soon i will be announcing the, the movie dates for rumble in the bronx that's probably my favorite jackie chan movie your favorite one hmm. that might be my favorite one other than Drunken Master, I mean, that's that's a real close second. I'm trying to debate, but I think Rumble in the Bronx is probably my favorite one. 
Rumble in the Bronx was my introduction to Jackie Chan, to be honest. Now, I know he's been making movies, you know, way before that, but right. that movie was like my intro. And that was, what year was that? 94, 95? Give or take, yeah. You know, I mean, I still remember the 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 um the trailer or the commercial, you know, back then. And I, I remember that that one scene where he's jumping through a shopping cart. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, what the hell? I shop like he was doing all these crazy things, man. I was like, wow, who 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 is this guy? And I remember my um my sister went to take me to see the movie, you know, in Columbia, and I was I was amazed. I was amazed. The movie was incredible. And you know, he did all his own stunts. Of course, you know, no stunt double. He was doing all that crazy shit. So I was like, man, this this guy is incredible. This guy is yeah. incredible. You now know? that you say that, bro, uh, I think Rumble in the Bronx was my introduction to Jackie Chan, too. Now that I think about it. Okay. Okay. I think that was. I think that's why that's my favorite one, because it was the shopping cart. I, now that I remember, because I'm playing the trailer in my head right now, and I, I think that was my first introduction to Jackie Chan. Now, of course, you know, there's Jackie Chan's first strike, the Drunken Master, you know, and so on and so forth. Now, there's others. There are others, but I think Rumble in the Bronx was, um, like my favorite one. It still is. So I'm I'm thoroughly excited about watching Rumble in the Bronx with the uh, Geek Corner as well as uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Because again, I never seen Howl's Moving Castle, so it would be a nice little introduction. I know a lot of anime fans are gonna sit and watch that. So very very cool deal. And also last night. Um, now BC says my out, the outtakes blew his mind, and he watched the outtakes over and over and over. Yeah, that's that's another thing I like about Jackie Chan. Like after the movie, he shows the outtakes right after. And uh, Mio Thirty Eight says his intro was Drunken Master, but Rumbling the Bronx is his absolute favorite. I mean, it is the movie's dope. Actually, I, I may buy it today on iTunes. Now that I think about it, I may just, I may just buy it because I remember that, and then. After that, what other movie? It was Mr. It was Mr. Nice Guy. I don't know if you remember that movie. Yeah, Mr. Nice Guy. Yep. That was also a dope one. I mean, it's 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 you know, is 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 that guy's a legend, you know, and I know it's that debate between well, you know, who's better, him or Jet Li. Honestly, e, I never got wrapped up in, into that. Cause you know, I loved them both. You know, Jet Li, you know, Black Mask was dope. You know, that movie was hella dope. You know, but oh yeah, hell yeah, Black Mass and Black Mass Two, right? Uh, was it Black Mass Two? I think it was a Black Mass Two. Okay, I think it was a sequel to that. Okay, okay, yeah, mommy, legends, man, legends, legends, easily, legends. Easily. I think we all wanted Jet Li and Jackie Chan in a movie together, and they were in a movie together. I think it was a Forbidden Kingdom, yes. but it was a little, eh, a little. That one wasn't. I don't think that's the one we really wanted to see. <laughs> right. <laughs> to right. We don't talk about that. That we don't talk about it at all. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. So I mean, it's 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 pretty cool, man. You know, shout out to uh Precious White, you know, uh 547. Thank you for, as our new listener. Appreciate you for hanging out. And um now Mill 38 says their collaboration should have happened in the 90s. It, it should have. It should have. But I Again, now of course people are gonna bring up Rush Hour one, two, and three, but we're talking about Jack Jackie Chan's lead films, where he was the main character, he didn't share the spotlight, he wasn't the co-star. So Rumble in the Bronx is definitely I think I put Rumble in the Bronx on the wheel and it just so happened to land on it. But um now that I think about it, either either that or Top Gun. I believe Top Gun for the Geek Corner actually put it in there. Well, let's not you know. Hey, a Rush Hour. I think Rush Hour was the movie that really put him in um, in the American spotlight. I think. oh, no doubt, 
no doubt. So, you know, and of course that that made Chris Tucker, even though Chris Tucker was already like a like a star, he wasn't a mega star. So Rush Hour, you know, career wise, you know, put those two in, into new new atmospheres, you know. So yeah. Oh, see, me yesterday brought some more. Super cop and Operation Condor. Forgot about those. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about those two. I mean, he's been in a lot of shit. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, uh, BC's first strike. Yep, first strike. I forgot about that. Um, I don't know, man. Classics. Yeah, classics, classics man. And I cannot wait to watch uh, Rumble in the Bronx. And also last night, uh, I watched uh, AEW Dynamite after movie night, and we got a pleasant surprise here uh and it wasn't no special appearances or anything like that we did have a tnt championship match between miro and sammy guevara at the main event for aew dynamite and a and a shot to the system you know if you will you know uh, <laughs> no point intended was sammy guevara beating miro for the tnt championship and we got a new tnt heavyweight champion how'd you feel about that I feel great about that. I'm, so here's the thing. Like Miro had that championship for about, it feel like he had it for like eight, nine months. I, I feel like he done, he beaten a lot of people with that, holding that belt. And he has been defending it through and through and through. And, you know, one of the people complaints is, well, when these uh, quote unquote WWE guys show up, then they're taking the spotlight. Sammy is a homegrown talent. Now he's not from WWE. He's not from anywhere else. He's he's an AEW original, right? So, um, I thought about this win right overnight. I thought about this win. I slept on it. I woke up thinking about it, and this was perfect storytelling. And here's why: I me, mean. the first person to expose Miro was El Fuego, and El Fuego was originally wrestling for a job. And he legitimately got a job by Tony Khan. Uh, I'm sorry, Tony Khan gave it to Sammy. Sammy gave it to El Fuego, and he got it. Now, that neck was like the exposed weak point of Miro, right? So then, shortly after that, he wrestled uh, He wrestled with El Fuego again for his car. He beat El Fuego again and took his car, destroyed the bitch. Now, then he wrestled Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston was working on the neck, and you saw the weak point still. Miro still came out with the dub. Now, now you got Sammy Guevara. Now, if Wego got, you know, pretty much got his ass beat twice, you know, with the exposed neck with Miro, and then you saw Sammy work on the neck, and you saw him finally get that dub, and he is your new TNT champion. That was perfect storytelling. And that was a legitimate win. It was no interference. It was a legitimate win. And I like the fact that, you know, it was a homegrown talent. It was a AEW original that has a TNT championship. Now, what happened after after the show, you have Roads to the Top, which is the Cody Rose, Brandy Rose reality show that showed up that came on after that. Yeah. But it, in the commercial break, you saw Sammy cut a promo and he said, Yeah, you know, I got a TNT championship, but we got tweets coming from Bobby Fish. You know who Bobby Fish is. Bobby Fish is formerly of the Undisputed Era for NXT. And he tweeted, he said, Dude, you don't even work here. But you know what? (laughs) (laughs) That was Sammy saying, you don't even work here, bro. He said, but you know what? You know what? I would give you a shot. Next week on Dynamite, me and you, Sammy Guevara versus Bobby Fish 
for the TNT Championship. So Bobby Fish is coming. Hmm. How about that? How about that, man? I like it. I like it. Well, I'm sure you heard about the, the Bray Wyatt news. I'm, uh, I'm sure you I heard have, about it. I have not, actually. Oh, well, they're saying, you know, he can, I guess, forfeit that 90-day clause to compete right away in AEW. That's the speculation. That's the rumor. Uh, and I, mean, I mean, I never knew I never knew you could do that, but I guess you can forfeit it because, you know, with, with the 90-day clause, you still get paid right. in 90 days. But I guess, you know, you can just forfeit that, forfeit that pay, and then, you know, make the switch over to another promotion. And they're, I guess they're saying AEW should uh, – Bray Wyatt should make an appearance in AEW soon. But that's – it's all rumors. It's all rumors. Know, I feel like that that's that's somewhat like G-Wiz news because it's, the 90 days is almost up. If it's not already up already, if I was Bray, I wouldn't fumble that bag. If I'm still getting a paycheck for them 90 days, I'm going to chill and relax for them three months and then show up later. I don't know if he's going to be on AEW or, team, or uh, Impact. Because I'm hearing rumors that he's going to be on Impact, which I mean, I've, I've been hearing. I haven't heard that. I've been hearing AEW. I mean, you could be right. E, I don't know, but you know, I don't. I don't. I don't know if Bray wants to wait that ninety days, though. You know, Bray. Bray still wants that to paycheck. Pay. I will. I mean, we'll see how much money AEW's offering. If AEW has a better offer, then you know. I mean, but you ain't going to get paid right away. You know, you're not going to get that instant check. But you know, WWE going to pay you up until the ninety days, right? So I will wait until the um the ninety days is up, and then do what I do because I think the ninety days is almost up if it's not up already anyway. You know, like I was saying earlier, so it, it kind of like defeats the purpose. When did he last wrestle in a with a Vince? Ooh. Mm. No, well, when he was announced, he was released. Jesus. Uh, How long ago was that? Okay, this is September now, right? We got we got one more day in September. Um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. That's September. That's August, July, June. I want to say the beginning of June. Okay. I think. Okay. If, if I'm not mistaken, maybe the beginning of June, around that part. Mio thirty eight says, "Not sure where he's going, but every few days I see at." Excuse me, Adam Shear liking, commenting, and posting something involving Bray Wyatt. You know, keeping him in the news. So we'll see. I mean, Bray's still at the top of his game. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate what happened, but you know, Bray, Bray wants to Bray still wants to compete. Yeah. You know? So I mean, I mean, you you know, you I hear what you're saying, but I still want to get paid and chilling. I, I get all of that, but right. you know, some guys don't want to wait that long. Some guys just wanna, you know, I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll see. we'll see. We'll see. We we'll definitely see, man. And and also, uh, a little bit of news. I I wouldn't say a little bit of news, but I re-downloaded Overwatch, right? And it was a little annoying to actually go back to the Battle Net or whatever, like the re-register and all that all that crap. But you know, I did play the new map, the Team Deathmatch map last night, and it was actually pretty good. And Overwatch is really addictive. I I can, yeah, it's really addictive. Um, now I know Meals Thirty Eight said he had it in his uh cart. For the past year, go ahead and make that purchase, bro. Go ahead and do it. I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. And you might, honestly, you might grab, you know, myself, you know, some of the Geek Corner members that play Overwatch still. And, you know, we probably do like a 6v6 deathmatch or we do, you know, defend and attack, you know, stuff like that. So might might be a good deal. 
Might be a good deal. I do like the animations of it. Um, it, it is taking uh, take getting used to because um, not all characters sprint. There's characters just kind of like I want to say casually walk, but they walk briskly. So you know how in first person shooters you used to sprinting, you like running around, but you're not going to like move that quickly. But each character has their own abilities. You know, you got tanks, you got attackers, you got defenders, you got support, you got different classes. But each of those characters do something different. I mean, this game been around for quite some time, so right, there's right, that. Right, right. And um, now also for the mem- so the Geek Corner members and non Geek Corner members that have been watching Squid Game. Now, in the first episode of Squid Game, the phone number on the card in the in the show is active. I don't think the movie studios actually uh, realized that. So, leading to its owner receiving over four thousand unsolicited calls wow. a day. Since wow. the show's premiere, following the massive success of Netflix Korean drama Squid Game, one individual is feeling the effects of its popularity. It turns out that the phone number on the card players received throughout the series is active, and its owner has been on the receiving end of thousands of calls. However, there are one avenue to help ease frustrations. A Korean presidential candidate, Squid Game, tells the story of people who are struggling with financial issues due to poor choices in life. Most of the main characters are facing life or death consequences of their actions with all of all of the players headed down the same road of financial ruin with death almost certainly without money. They are offered a chance to participate in children's games for cash, albeit with a deadly twist. Before they arrive at the facility, they are approached by a mysterious businessman who offers to give them money if they are willing to play a series of unspecified games. He leaves them with the card to call if they decide to play. Now, the digits on the card turned out to be a real South Korean phone number and resulting in thousands of calls <laughs> from fans since the show's premiere. <laughs> like, that is hilarious. Who the what f- are the, Why would you get out the real? Okay. <laughs> I don't think they knew that. I don't think they knew that. I think they just put a string of numbers together and it turned out to be an active number. Well, that makes it even more hilarious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, can you imagine that? But think about it though. The the level. So you can use this to your advantage. Squid Game is number one on Netflix. And and for the past two and a half going on three weeks now, it's number one. Yeah. You can use internationally, you can use this to your advantage. You can play the part. Like you can do all that stuff. You can get paid. Get this money. You know, I mean, there's other ways you can twist it. So yeah, you could, yeah, 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 could, could. I just don't know how I would feel if I saw my number on something. Not, not uh. <laughs> Jesus, thousands, thousands of calls, thousands of calls. And now, in the title, we talked about the Injustice movie, right? So, Warner Brothers released new images from the upcoming Injustice movie, offering new look at Harley Quinn, Aquaman, Green Arrow, and the Justice League. Now, Warner Brothers released new images from the upcoming Justice movie. Um, and the animated film serves as an adaptation to both NetherRealm's hit video game franchise, Injustice Gods Among Us, and Tom Taylor's graphic novel, Injustice Gods Among Us Year One. Now, the movie features an overhauled uh, ensemble cast from the games, some of whom include Justin Hartley as Superman, Anson Mount as Batman, Brian T. Delaney as Green Lantern, Edwin Hode Hodge as Mr. Terrific, and Killer Croc and Gillian Jacobs as Harley Quinn. 
Now, the story in Justice is set on an alternate Earth in which Superman has been tricked by the Joker into killing Lois Lane and their unborn child. The Man of Steel is subsequently driven insane and plots to institute a totalitarian regime around the Earth, ultimately forcing Batman and his allies to build a resistance movement known as the Insurgency to bring Superman down. Now, the result is an epic showdown in which the lines between heroes and villains are all but disappear and the fate of the world is in the balance. There's just a few weeks remaining until the film's arrival. Warner Brothers has unveiled new images for Injustice and, you know, of course, with the new looks. Now, when the game first arrived in 2013, if you remember, now, many were taken back by just how powerful Injustice Gods Among Us was in its story, which was co-written by NetherRealm Studios and DC comic writers. Critics were subsequently surprised by Injustice 2's narrative, many praising it and graphics as a step up from its predecessor upon releasing in 2017. Now, though the animated film may be adopting a similar animation style to that of Mortal Kombat Legends, another NetherRealm property, the character designs remain close translation of its game counterparts. And if I'm not mistaken, this game, uh, I'm sorry, this uh, movie is R-rated. So uh, now number four was toned down in the first game, but has been adapted in R-rated fashion for the film. Only time would tell that what other bloody brutalities the film was in st- has in store for Injustice. So this is a rated R DC film, once okay. again. Okay. Okay. Uh, I-, I dig it. I like it. I like it. The, the thing is, like with R-rated DC films, is that they don't disappoint. They don't disappoint, like at all. And you you know as well as I do, as well as listeners out there, whenever DC touch an animated film or they or they work on an animated project, it is gold. Oh, they win. That shit is gold. They win. They win. It's a, it's it's a win. It, it's a definite win out there. So I mean, um, for Injustice to get an animated adaptation says a lot. You know that that really does says a lot. So and and this says year one. So maybe this is just part one. And part two comes out later. Well, I, I know DC's been working on a few animated projects. I mean, it's of course, you know, you have your live action, but you know, DC DC's golden goose is their animations, you know. Um, and Justice, I think, is gonna be a hit. The games are dope, so for them to capitalize on that and turn this into an animation is 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 I don't know why they didn't do you know, already, to be honest. Right. Um but I mean, it's, it's going to be a hit. R-rated. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be violent, bloody, good storyline. I mean, we we expect this from a DC animated project, regardless of how you feel about the live action. The animations don't disappoint. So, I'm 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 happy for that, and I'm also happy for the new. Well, yeah, I don't want to say happy, but the new Young Justice coming out, Thanos. You know. Whoa, 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 whoa. You say the new Young Justice? Yeah, the new season, Phantoms. That's coming. It's called Thanos. Phantoms, Phantoms. Okay, I'm about to say, like Thanos. They, they really, they really going there, huh? But uh, when when is that supposed to drop? There's a definitive date on that. Not nothing yet, nothing yet. Um, my guess sometime next year. Okay, I, I believe that. I, I'm, I'm with that. I'm with that. Um, I still got to finish the latest season of uh, Young Justice because I always get sidetracked with something else. I always do. I still got to finish Titans, um, and, and knock that out, but. Um, I heard it got really, really good close to the end of it. So I'm going to finish Titans. And I think Doom Patrol is out now, which I got to finish the first season of Doom Patrol. But 
the new season of Doom Patrol is actually out. Okay. So DC is actually on a step up as far as um getting some dubs under their belt. I mean, I think it really started with Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I find myself, you know, watching it, Justice League, or whatever the case may be. So I, I think it's probably um, my favorite DC live action movie. Okay. Is, is uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I, I think that it's where it's at. Other than, you know, other than the classic stuff, you know, like, um, you know, Batman 89, Batman Returns. Other than that, like, excluding that, then I will say... I would definitely say that. But now you got some news too, like some Star Wars news, right? What, what you got going on? Hey, man. The Book of Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett is coming this December 29th, I believe. That was the date. Um, okay. E, did you, did you catch that post credit scene at the end of Mandalorian Season 2? <laughs> did I catch the post credit scene? Of course I catch the post credit scene, man. You know? Got to get that, got to get that boba, man. Got to get the boba. So of course, it, you see Boba Fett, um, and uh, what's her face? Uh, her, her name, her name escapes me in the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the other bounty hunter, right? Yeah, the other bounty hunter. Um, yeah. But they, but they enter Jabba's palace, and of course, you know, this take. Well, it, of course, it takes place after Jabba's death, and you know, blase blase. But his henchman is now running the show. You know, long story short, Boba Fett comes in, kills everyone, and now he, you you see Boba Fett sitting on Jabba's throne. You know, so there's speculation that Boba Fett is gonna, I guess, try to take over the the underworld and Tatooine. But the poster is out, and it's Boba Fett sitting on that throne, looking gangster as, as a motherfucker. I love that fucking poster. I love it. You know, actually, I, I may order it, put it on the wall. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's, gotta get the boba, man. Gotta yeah. get the boba. But we've been waiting on this. This we've been waiting on anything Boba Fett for forever. He's a fan favorite, even though his time in the movies were short lived. You know, he has grown a fan base. I am a fan of Boba Fett. I'm actually, Boba Fett is my favorite character in the whole goddamn Star Wars universe. I love oh, that. Really? Yeah, Boba Fett's my favorite. He is. Oh wow. He is. Okay. You know, so I've been waiting for, you know, a Boba Fett movie, Boba Fett, anything. So this is great news. So, yes, December 29th, it will be streaming on Disney Plus. And it's going to be, you know, greatness. It's going to be greatness. And I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty sure it will connect to, you know, the Star Wars universe as a whole. You know, my, you might see a few cameos. You might see some familiar faces. But it's coming, man. It's coming. It's coming. So now... How this impacts the Mandalorian, e I don't know. I don't think it does. Um, I think Boba is kind of like in his own shit. You know what I mean? I, I don't think he's trying to take over the underworld. I think he already did it. You know what I'm saying? Like he's running shit at this point. Nobody's gonna deny Boba Fett. He's Boba. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, I mean he he's a gun for hire. Yeah, he's a bounty hunter. You know, he's just doing his job. He was never really like like a bad bad guy. Technically, but you know, he saw his dad get killed. It's called Jango get killed, but you know, you know how son's supposed to feel. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> you know that 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 type of thing. So I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm excited, man. I, I've been wanting Boba Fett something forever. I am, and we got it. I'm really excited about this. So you know, shout out to Disney. 
you know, Lucas Films, Lucas Arts, whatever, whatever they're fucking called. Shout out to all of you. All of <laughs> so you whatever know what they call. So, you know, yeah, man, I can't wait for this, man. I can't wait for this. You said whatever they call it. Well, I mean, I, I'm very excited about it. Of course, you know, we got Rogue Squadron. That's 2023. Um, you, you know what's so funny, though? Like, for Star Wars games, that is Star Wars Squadrons, right? That's on PlayStation and Xbox, where you actually is an X-Wing, Y-Wing, A-Wing, TIE Fighter, Interceptor, um, whatever, what have you. And I cannot find that game physically. I have it on my PlayStation. I don't know if I traded it for something. I, I have no clue, but I don't have it. So, I might have to go back to GameStop and like repurchase Star Wars Squadrons. I might have to go do that. But we we'll just get the uh, just get the uh, um, digital version of it. Well, I think with the digital version, it's it's slightly more expensive. So if I get the physical copy, it's going to be cheaper. That's the other thing I, I really do like about getting physical copies of games because you can get like the pre-owned joints, which ideally it will be cheaper than what the digital versions is because the digital version may still be sixty bucks. Where you may go to GameStop or wherever and get it for like 30, 35, 40. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, uh, that's, that's well, why I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate for both digital and physical. Well, I mean, those would be the, the used copies, not the new copies. The used copies would be 30, 40. Obviously. Yeah, the used copy 30, 40, which mm-hmm. is basically the new copies because, you know, they clean the disc and all that other stuff. So it's not like it's a bad disc. I have right. yet to buy a bad pre owned disc, you know? Right. Yeah. So, unless there's a big digital sale going on, then yeah, that's where you can catch it. But like with physical copies and stuff, that's where GameStop has that leg up because you can get like the pre-owned stuff. So, yeah. and BC says, I think I saw Squadrons for sale at Target or Best Buy. Hmm. Yeah. For how much? I might have to. How much was? It? Yeah. Yeah. See how how much it is. What he says. Um. And while he's doing that, he said he want to say like thirty. That makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, well, I mean, because I still got the file on. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, because it's, it's it's not a new game, so it shouldn't be expensive. No, 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 not at all, not at all. But people still play it. You know, people still yeah. play Star Wars Battlefront too, even though it was abysmal with the microtransactions and that what killed that freaking game. But since they killed the microtransactions and people are now playing it, right, more and more because now Battlefront Two has a cult following. So, I mean, because I even re-downloaded Battlefront 2, like, uh, last year sometime and played it and actually enjoyed it. But, you know, you know, it is what it is from, from that standpoint. I mean, Battlefront 2 had potential to be probably like one of the best first-person shooters, period. And the microtransactions killed that game, unfortunately. The game is great. It just, back then, it was the microtransactions. There's no microtransactions now when it comes to Star Wars Battlefront. You know, Team Deathmatch or Conquest or whatever the case may be with the map and all that. I might re-download Battlefront too. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. We'll see. Only time will tell. Okay. Yeah, Only man. Time will Bo- tell. Boba Fett, baby. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, I'm ready for it. I, I am. I'm, I'm thoroughly ready for, you know, Boba Fett, man. Now, if you never seen Robot Chicken, you definitely got to go see the Star Wars Robot Chicken specials, man. Hilarious. Hilarious. Love every bit of it. And Boba Fett is, is definitely a part of it. And a stormtrooper named Gary. Very, very, very hilarious. Now, also now, closing out the show here, because, you know, we have, uh, we know we always talk about 
you know, comics. We always talk about Star Wars, some sci-fi stuff, you know, the magazine and stuff like that. But, you know, let's talk about some anime. Like, shall we? So with the anime here, there are six anime that were huge disappointments, according to comic book resources. Now, it says despite having every (laughs) advantage to becoming a hit, these anime failed to impress and let down audiences who have been expecting something special. An anime can have everything going for it. The trailers look good, the characters are interesting, the staff superb, and the show is a disaster. A bad show is easy to make, but some shows seem to take everything they could, easily make them amazing and completely squander the opportunity, and gradually sinking to mediocrity and then straight on down to terrible. Now, these six anime from Charlotte to Psychopaths were complete disappointments that could have been so much more, but instead ended up even worse for how hard they let audiences down. Holy shit. So, I haven't looked at this list. But the first thing on this list is Kids Niver. Now, it looked like Studio Trigger had done it again. The character designs make every frame to treat to look at. The opening song is a jam. There seem to be just the right amount of Trigger you know, absurdity that makes the studio so special. So how did Kids Niver end up being so boring? It doesn't help that the main character is, at least, is the least interesting of the entire cast, nor that the two separate love triangles waste a lot of time. Now, <laughs> but perhaps the problem was that for a show meant to be about connection, Kids never completely failed to connect with the audience. Although the characters are meant to feel each other's pain, the fact that pain belongs to the group makes it easy to disregard the individual. What should have been a highly emotional sequence of events is easy to detach from since the characters involved never given any real reason to care. So, like, I watched... <laughs> Wow. wow. I watched a little bit of Kids Niver and I and I lost interest in it like after the first episode. I really did. Um it, it is about feeling a group of kids feeling each other's pain and it was an interesting concept and honestly it has it had potential to be phenomenal and it was never heard from again. You hear, you hear rumblings about it and that's it. And the rumblings have stopped. And the next one is Tales of Sisteria. Now, the Tales of video game franchise had worked with Studio Unfoddable um, before our before four cutscenes in the Tales of Sisteria game, and even for an OVA, the Tales of Sisteria game has a solid plot and enjoyable cast. Now, the recipe for a successful adventure anime, Unfoddable has successfully pulled off Unlimited Blade Works in 2014, Fate Stay Night, as y'all know. So, the decision to make another game-based anime for 2016 seems solid, especially since they already made the Zestiria OVA. However, Zestiria anime is a complete mess. The pacing is terrible, even including a full two-episode advertiser for an upcoming game, and the most intriguing characters spend the majority of their time invisible, as if the game mechanic of one player on the field at a time still has effect in the show. Now, Tales of Zestiria was two seasons of forced character interaction and a nonsense plot that didn't even pull through on the game's biggest twist, cheapening the game's emotional ending. There's a good reason that Tales of Berseria hasn't had an anime announcement. Holy, well, shit. Well, there you go with that. There you have it. Now, the, 
<laughs> the Tales series now is really is actually pretty good as far as video games is concerned, as far as RPGs. Um, I played one not completely, but let's just say you know the first 10 15 minutes of it, and I got bored with it. Not to say it was bad, it's just that it, it wasn't good enough to keep my interest, to keep me vested. So it sucked. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all you have to say, E. That's it's, all it's, it's better, to say. You know, it, yeah, it, it sucks. It sucks. You don't got to be all diplomatic, <laughs> PC. <laughs> if it sucked, it sucked. Yeah, it, it sucked. It sucked. Now, the next one, <laughs> the next one on the list is Charlotte. Now, Charlotte has cool premise on top of being funny and entertaining and just squeaking in the head of the rush of the superpower craze. However, the tonal shifts happens much too quickly for an anime for only 13 episodes. The main character starting off by joining the student council and ending by traveling the world for years, slowly losing his mind in order to steal every other superpower in existence. There's a lot to take in. Now, throw in a couple deaths and that may or may not be fixed by time travel and its complete whiplash. Perhaps it would have worked over a 24 episode show, but Charlotte messed up by trying to be too many things at once. Cusick, high school hijinks, Superpowers, secret organizations, terrorists, a time travel conundrum, a romance, and a psychological slow slide into madness. Yeah, it seems like a lot for 13 episodes. Yeah, I'm not with that. Now, here's something that surprisingly is on this list, and that is Psychopaths. Now, Psychopaths is really, really good. You're part of this organization where you got this gun that kind of like determine your... Uh, your quotient, basically. Okay. It lets you know you have on the verge of being a killer. You you see Minority Report, right? Yes, I have. So you think Minority po- Minority Report and dial that up to eleven. So this gun determines whether you have potential to be a killer or you about to do a crime, and it determines the punishment basically. And you are the agent, and you administer this. Okay. That's basically what it is. That's now. Now, according to Psychopaths on this list, there were a lot of factors that led to the disaster that was season two of Psychopaths. First, it had so much to live up to with the success of season one. Then there was a fact that it only had 11 episodes to try to cram the same caliber of story into. Then there's the fact that half of the cast that became beloved during season one is no longer there. With Kagari and uh, Masayoka dead and Kagami gone, only Yayoi, Shion, Genoza, Akani remained on the original crew. The fact that the newbie Mika ends up taking up a lot of screen time and is generally irritating and dismissive towards the enforcers doesn't make it any easy to watch to watch Akane try to practically solo the WC murders. The plot moves too quickly with too little time to dwell on the antagonist or on any other questions other than the morality of season one has posed. In the end, the movie end up being a lot more satisfying. There is a psychopath movie. So um, I will say watch season one of Psychopaths, which is com- which is very awesome. Very good. And then watch the movie. Now, the next one on the list is Zero. Now, Zero caught attention with the bold series premiere and Deuteragonist, Slain, and Inaho caught up on the opposite side of war between Mars and Earth. One that begins an attempt on the life of the Martian princess. Now, the show starts off, starts to fall apart quickly, though. Mostly due to sloppy character execution that makes Anaho uh, seem emotionless and the princess of a hypocrite. Slain 
Meanwhile, is subjected to a horrendous series of events and by the end of the season one has been transformed through torture and manipulation into the villain for season two. Uh, now, if only they stop shooting at each other with their mecca for five seconds to talk and realize that they're actually both want to keep the princess alive. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> I've heard that. The Hilarious. next one is something every <laughs> everybody would agree on, and it had vast potential, and it's Darling in the Franks. Now, Darling in the Franks feels like one of those shows that thinks it's a lot better than it actually is, and it squandered every opportunity to actually be that really great show. With the distinct Evangelion feel, at the start, Darling in the Franks seemed poised to take on the question about love and sexuality in a deeper way via Mecca especially with the way the male and female pilots are positioned with the girls kneeling in front of the boys in a distinctly sexual pose. Now the inability of one of the women to pilot due to her sexual orientation, as well as the arrival of pilots who don't follow traditional gender pairings or positions seem to shout that darling in the Franks was actually going to get serious about tearing down gender roles in the mainstream anime. But of course, that didn't actually happen. Instead, love triangles and flashbacks to prove just what complete soulmates Zero Two and Hero are taking over the show, culminating in a confusing ending that involves space travel and the power of love. What a waste. Now, it says squandered opportunities might be more frustrating than anything else, simply because it is so easy to imagine how an anime could have been amazing. Sometimes circumstances like time crunch give disaster shows a bit of an excuse, but with others, there's just no explaining how they went wrong. With studios like Trigger and Affordable and the minds behind shows like Angel Beats and Fate Zero, these anime had no reason to turn out as badly as they did. While some could redeem themselves with movies or possible reboot, sometime in the future, other anime on this list will simply go down as massive disappointments. Now, I, I ain't gonna lie. Darling in the Franks was it was a squandered opportunity. It was definitely a squandered opportunity. And it's it, it's one of those things where everybody was clamoring to this anime. Everybody was going towards this anime and saying this anime is great. And then it's like the last half of it. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? That basically what it was. Daniel's Rick. So those are your six anime flops, man. And highly disappointing. Highly disappointing. Now, I did go back to the anime attic for uh, the October edition of Orange Phoenix magazine. I can't wait for you guys to read it. Um, now, there's an, it's going to be two new columns in Orange Phoenix magazine. And it is the comics classified, not to be confused with declassified with me and Thanos Rick going to do in the future. But comics classified go does comic book reviews as well as new stories in the comic book world um i'm not going to tell you what comics that we looked at for the october edition of orange magazine you want to have to pick up and read it and check it out yourself um also the new column is anime attic where um i go back to some hidden gems in anime not mainstream i want to say mainstream but stuff even from anime from back in the day um, give like personal reviews on that and recommendations as far as hey do you need to check this out or do you not need to check it out for the most part these are anime recommendations from back in the day that you need to check out and you know enjoy and we're talking about stuff from the 90s like the early 90s the early 2000s stuff like that and maybe some anime you have never heard of 
And um, I actually talked about a six-episode OVA series um, that is on Funimation. Uh, I want to say I mentioned a name before in the past, but if you missed the show, I'm not going to repeat it again because why? You're going to have to purchase the magazine to check it out. And uh, um, also, you know, you asked the question, Thanos Rick, uh, hey, how can I get the magazine? So if you go to orangephoenixmedia.com, you can actually purchase the digital magazine yourself. Orangephoenixmedia.com, you got issues from the most current issue all the way back to the first issue. And if, you know, you want to subscribe to the magazine, all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash orangephoenix for only $5 a month. You are guaranteed the monthly edition of Orange Phoenix magazine. But if you just want single issues only, you go to orangephoenixmedia.com and you go to the magazine section. We also have the apparel section in orangephoenixmedia.com as well. You can also find us on Orange Phoenix Tees on Instagram. You can also find us on Orange Phoenix Media on Instagram as well. And on Facebook, we have Orange Phoenix Geek Corner. So if you type in Orange Phoenix Geek Corner, ask to join the group. There's a lot of like-minded individuals in there. Very, very positive uh, space. We share a lot of laughs and a lot of knowledge with each other, too, as far as like discussions. Now, Thanos Rick. Yes, sir. Got a question. Yes, sir. Have you watched Ultraman on Netflix? Ultra, Ultra on Netflix? No, not that, not. not there. No. Okay, now just to let you know. Oh, now, now before I even jump into that, Mio thirty eight says, "Would you consider Seven Deadly Sins a flop?" Oh. Yes. Yes, I would. Yeah, yeah. And, I think, and yeah. E, you know, you 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 put me onto that E, and I mean, I get I it. Studio, I think the animation studios changed after the second season, and I think that that was really the down. I think honestly, the animation was the downfall of it because the first season and the second season was great, it was great, but the last couple seasons, um, now the manga, the manga is actually awesome, but I think the animation is what killed it. Because the I think the animation studio changed, and it it, it became it, it was just was it just made the it just made the show bad. I won't say bad or terrible, but it it wasn't as good as the first two seasons. That hmm. makes sense. Well, I wouldn't consider, yeah I would consider it a flop on that just because of the animation, but not because of the story because the story is still progressing. I mean the story is still what it is. But I think the animation kind of like turned a lot of people off. The second half of animation, not the first. Because people was ready. Like people was loving it. And then they're like, what the fuck? What, what is up with this animation? What is this? And, and there's people that looking at anime with a fine tooth comb that brought it to people's attention and they started to pay attention to it. I mean, I mean, it was cool at first, but I I don't know. I, I I, it it didn't grab me like I like I thought it would. I mean, I, I know you told me to watch it, told me to look at it. I know you was digging it, but eh, I don't know. It was it was okay. You know, it was Seven Deadly Sins. I'm pretty sure it was Demon Slayer. I told you to watch. It well, it was both. It was both. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. It was both. So it was all right, man. I just I just couldn't. I don't know. I tried though. I tried. Yeah, understandable. Understandable. I mean, now Ultraman has been on Netflix for since 2019. So if you are a fan of Superhuman Samurai and the Cyber Squad or Gridman, depends on where region you're at, then Ultraman is the one for you. 
you you definitely got to watch Ultraman because it, it does shine on that just a little bit. Now, um, now Ultraman season two will feature the return of six Ultra Brothers. Now, uh, Ultraman season two will feature the return of the classic Ultra crossover team, the six Ultra Brothers, and the brothers were revealed during Netflix's Tadum event on September twenty fifth. Now, the Ultraman section of the event were hosted by Ryohel Kimura, who plays the role of Shinjiro Hayata in the series. The six Ultra Brothers originally referred to the team up to the first six Ultra beings to come to Earth, which includes the first Ultraman, Zofi, Ultra 7, Ultraman Taro. No details were revealed about how all these new Ultraman will fit into the world and story of Netflix anime, which takes place in a unique continuity that branches off from the original 1966 Ultraman uh, Tokusatsu uh, series, but ignores all of the sequels and spinoff series that were released in the many years that followed it. Now, Netflix now lists the series as coming out in 2022, while it previously announced a slightly more specific spring 2022 premiere date for the series. You have to armor up and check it out. So, what I probably will end up doing is I'll probably go visit Ultraman on Netflix and see what it's all about, but I heard nothing bad about it. So is is this like a new Ultraman or is it or is it like the, the old school like what we we what we watched back in the day? Um this is a new like the animation style and everything. But but um it's new and old at the same time. It's like a retelling in a sense. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, it's on Netflix, huh? It is. It is on Netflix. All right. I may have to check that out. You definitely got to check I, it out. I did enjoy the old school Ultraman. I, I thought it was dope. You know, might be oh, this, hey. might be might be dated these days, but hey, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> and, and BC says kind of like 2011 Thundercats on Hulu, kind of sorta, but you know, I'm not a big fan of CGI anime. But uh, with this, whoever did the CGI was phenomenal. Like, like it, it fit very well with the series so it's, it's basically it's kind of like um it's a retelling but for for people that never heard of ultraman or just want to get into ultraman this would be a good little avenue to jump into for the first season mm. and it's been around for a couple of years actually so it's not like a brand new spanking new thing that just came out because you know they are now season two of ultraman and that makes you think back like damn i was supposed to watch ultraman season one and i just never had a chance to so definitely right. gonna actually you know Check check that out, you know, from that standpoint. But yeah, man, there's our show for today. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, of course, I to put out the advertisement for people. com. if you want the single issue editions, patreon.com forward slash orange phoenix. And um, uh, thank you once again to the geek corner for actually hanging out for movie night last night. Uh, as we watched Back to the Future part three, and we got the new movies, Rumble in the Bronx and Howl's movie moving castle. BC says that's the action figure that Sinbad and Arnold were fighting over in the <laughs> just kidding. Turbo Man. Nah, nah. You know what? I kind of wanted a Turbo Man doll. You know, you know they sold those toys in Toys R Us? Yeah, I know. I know. Did you get I... one? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I low-key wanted one for whatever. I don't know, man. I don't I don't know what's the reason. I don't know. I got a Buzz Lightyear, though. I did get a Buzz Lightyear. You still have your uh, <laughs> your RoboCop toys, E? My RoboCop? Look here. No, no, no. I have a <laughs> RoboCop action figure. Okay? 
It's in the box still, <laughs> and it's by NECA. <laughs> N-E-C-A. NECA. That's what it's about. Official NECA seal of quality. That sorry-ass trash movie. That movie. Whoa, 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 whoa. We will not. We will not. Put Robocop, Robocop slander on this show, bro. Like, you know full well. Robocop versus Terminator, what happened? Robocop killed his ass. Now I'm just saying. You played the game. Robocop, you know what happened. That is an awful movie. That movie's awful. That movie's Robocop awful. is not an awful movie. It's not. It's not an awful movie. B Seats, what, what knockoff Super 10 figures did you have? There were knockoffs of that? Well, you know what? It was knockoff knock toys for everything. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. You remember Super 10? Everything was like $10 and below? Uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Hey, it's like five and below. Basically, five, like five and below is the Super 10 of, of today. No. That's basically what that is. That movie was awful, E. That movie was awful. I don't know how it got a Robocop 2 and a 3. That movie was god awful. Uh, because it was good. That is why. They got a sequel. That is why Robocop was awesome. It, it, like They had to tone the violence down because people and shit. It was NC-17 first. <laughs> it was NC-17. It wasn't even rated R. It was NC-17. It was the highest rating that you could get on a movie, and they had to tone it down just a little bit because it was too much blood. Too much. Then you give it that Robocop 2, which is very agonizing. Not not terrible, but I mean like painful to watch because I, I seen like that, that slow cutting in the chest with the scaffold. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. But and then Robocop three was PG thirteen. I didn't like that mainly because it was PG thirteen. But I did like the rocket pack and uh, the rocket arm with the machine gun. Yeah, I I did like that. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, see, thank you, like, B seats. Thank you, B seats. No, that was sarcasm. That was Thank sarcasm. You. Nah, I think BC is being honest. I I think BC's went back and saw the fight scenes and like, Thanos Rick was right. right. <laughs> Thanos Rick was right. <sighs> See, so I think that was sarcasm. I, I really think that was sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Oh, he said he watched it at work. He loved it. Hey, I never said okay. I hate annihilation. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, you don't I, lie. I hate it. Don't lie. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hated it, man. Other than the fight scenes, other than smoking Liu Kang and 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 Scorpion and Sub Zero, those are the only two fights I really is a highlight for that movie for me. It really is. I did like the music. The music was there. You know the techno jams. You didn't like Sector and Cyrax fight scene as against Sonya Jax. Yeah, it was strange. You did. You did. You know you did. You know. <laughs> You know you did. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I was I was over the moon about it when I was a kid, but like watching it again, I was like, eh, nah, can't do it, can't do it. I like the ninjas, man. I, I like the ninjas. I think I think the fact that they kill all Johnny Cage within the first five seconds, like I said yesterday, and the CGI was god awful, and that, that's what it was. Well, it was nineteen ninety seven. I know, I know. You, you know, with that, you know, with that being said, there was better CGI out there in '97 than it was in more annihilation. There really was. There really was. I can't. You know the studio? I can't think of any. To Judge be honest, Dredd. Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd had better CGI than that. Judge Dredd really didn't use much CGI, if I remember yeah, they, correctly. They did. They used CGI. And what scenes? 
I don't remember uh, that CGI. The flying, the flying motorcycle scenes, the flying motorcycle scenes going through the city, the beginning of the, the beginning of the movie. They but that wasn't, CGI. that wasn't, I think they're, I think they were using like actual made man-made things and then putting like it, I don't think that was CGI. No, like the background you know was all CGI. Um, <laughs> CBC's at Jurassic Park. Now that was CGI. Exactly. That, exactly. Well, well, that, well, that was a mix of CGI and man-made dinosaurs. But just Dread, Dread didn't have the much CGI in that. Like that, I don't. That I remember. Watch it again. I, watch watch Sylvester on CGI. I guarantee you, you're gonna see some CGI up in there. It's no, not, I, it, it, but it's gonna be blended in there to the point that you, you know, you got to look at it, really look at it. But that one makes it good, which means that CGI there was better CGI out there back in those times. It just didn't do it. They're just trying to capitalize on the success of the 95 movie and thought, yeah, yeah, this is better. This is going to be better than the first one. Yeah, yeah that was bullshit. Well, not, I mean, Annihilation, I mean, it was what it was. I think, I think the addition of the characters might have been a selling point because you had Rain, you had Montaro and Sheba and, you know, like, you know, Shao Kahn and Sindel, Smoke. Sector Cyrac, like you, Melina. You, it was it was more characters from from the video games that I think that was a selling point. The story could have been could it have been better? Of course, it could have been better. You know what yes. I'm saying? But you know, I, I think having those characters was a, a, a selling point. You know what I'm saying? So you know, you know. But it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. We weren't complaining then when the movie came out. I know you wasn't, and I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? So, and it was the character. I mean, I wasn't at the time. Know. I mean, it was like the new characters. You know, Rain, Ermac. You know, it was Nightwolf. You know, I mean, the way the trailer was put out there. You know, that was yeah. back in the day. Red TV had all day ticket, so I used to get the all day ticket of it, so I could just watch it. I did the, did the same thing with Street Fighter. I did the same thing with a '95 Mortal Kombat. Hell, I, I think I did the same thing with Super Mario. Any any video game movie, I did it with. Yeah, B seats. It was after. Ultimate MK. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And that game had like 185 characters, and I loved it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. But you know, you know, yeah, still Ultimate Mortal Kombat Three was good, but Mortal Kombat Two is probably the best Mortal Kombat game back in the day. Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I mean, it's it's my favorite one. Like M- MK Two is my my number my number one. Marvel's Capcom Two is my number two. Hmm. And Street Fighter 2 is my number three. Street Fighter 2 is your number three. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Ha. Street Fighter 2, man. Classic. Classic. You're talking about the OG Street Fighter 2? Like, like yes. with just eight characters on there and not the additional four? You're talking about that one, right? With no uh, Sagat. Well, I mean, Sagat, Ballroom, Vega, and Bison in there, but they're not playable. No, the one with Sagat and Bison. That one. Okay, so you talking what? about championship edition and, and turbo? Okay. Wait, that wasn't because it was like so, five of them. It was it was five. <laughs> it was okay, like five so so there was Street Fighter the original, right? And the Street Fighter two. Now in Street oh. Fighter two, you had just the eight characters, but the other four wasn't playable. So I, so the four bosses weren't playable. Right. Then you had championship edition, and you know turbo, which had those characters as right. playable. Right. It might have been Turbo for me then. That's probably Turbo. Yeah, so Turbo was on Super Nintendo. Championship Edition was on uh, Sega. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Because when you beat the game, you was on that podium. Yes. I yeah, remember. Yep, that yep, championship yep, edition. Yep. Yeah, yep, that, you, you you're definitely right. talk about championship edition. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, if you want to see some Street Fighter goodness, though, you should watch uh, High Score Girl on Netflix. They they talk a lot about Street Fighter. A lot about it. I mean, it takes you back to the 90s arcade stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I wouldn't say, like, watch the whole thing, but, you know, just check it out. You might get engrossed in it. We'll see. Okay. It's pretty funny, though. Um, pretty funny. I mean, at, at the end of the day, RoboCop still sucked. And no, it Mortal, did not. No, the, it did not. The new Mortal okay. Kombat sucked. You know, these are, these are shitty movies, you know, that I refuse to uplift. RoboCop didn't suck. RoboCop didn't suck. That BC said, I love it then. I love it now. That, listen, thank you. Listen. Thank you. We had Terminator. There was no need for a RoboCop. We yes, already had Yes, there was. Yes, no, there was. Wasn't. Yes, there was. We were good with Terminator. If they, if it, look, look, look. There would not have been a RoboCop versus Terminator on the Sega Genesis if RoboCop didn't exist. Good. And Good. you had a Terminator game, that, that Terminator games that was on the nineties game on the nineties consoles that nobody really talks about. Like, period. But everybody talks about the RoboCop versus Terminator on Sega Genesis. Well, I'm not not just standalones. I'm talking about the movie. As the <laughs> yeah. movie, yes. T2. It's probably well, no T two is the best Terminator movie. Period. Bar none. No questions asked of on that. Terminator two, like is is the one. Like I got the ultimate edition, like on Voodoo. But I'm gonna tell you right now, RoboCop belongs where it belongs, and it doesn't belong in the trash heap. That's what I say. However, that's why it wouldn't spawn three other movies and a remake and a reboot. Did too much care for the reboot, but whatever. Of course you didn't. That that one sucked too. I wasted yeah. money on that. Good job by Michael Keaton, though. He played a great villain, great bad guy, but you know. Yeah, roll cop, roll cop ain't no suck, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, anyway, yeah, this is our show, show for today. <laughs> you sound upset, E. You sound mad about something. You know, you know, you know, a little bit, a little bit. But yeah, this, this is our show for today, man. I hope you guys tune in tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Friday to close out the week and get the weekend started, y'all, man. But again, just be on the lookout. Just be on the lookout for Orange Phoenix Magazine for the October edition, man. A lot of good information in there. A lot of good puzzles, Sudoku, you know, some word finds, man. I, I know a lot of people is raving about the Sudoku puzzles and stuff like that, and the difficulty changes. So um, glad you guys was able to hang out for today. And we'll see you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Till next time. Peace. Peace. And fuck the cowboy.